Hello one and all and an immensely warm welcome to episode 92 of Near Perfect Pitch. Well, last week uh, it was riddled with uh, with musical goodness, but uh, I was unable to procure an interview through uh, circumstance, timing, all that kind of a caper. But this week I have two, which I know you're going to be happy with. First and foremost, uh, let's talk about the interviews and then we'll get into the biscuits, shall we? I'm going to be talking to, uh, to Margot, uh, the band per se, uh, en masse actually, that's coming up uh, later. That's going to be our uh, first interview. And our second one is going to be with Sam. Specifically, it's going to be with, uh, with Sam Holmes of Night Flight, another CRC music uh, artist. We uh, are going to be showcasing them at the end of the programme where all the interviews are housed. And now I can get into the specifics of the biscuits, can't I? And I can also tell you that this programme is categorically brought to you by Sam Holmes, Night Flight and The Matchmaker. Also brought to you by Margot the Band. And here's where it gets long-winded in terms of being there. A lot of biscuit merchants here. It's brought to you by Ben and the Rich Tea Biscuit, Michael and the Milk Chucky Hobnob, Alex and the Garibaldi, Albie and the Bourbon, and uh, we've got Rob with the Pink Panther Wafer. Now, that is a wonderful array of biscuits, is it not? I'll get into uh, what's going to be coming up in the show after I play you this song, The Heartbreaks.
should be familiar to all but uh, not uh, perhaps that rendition that is uh, our cover me our cover version of the week getting uh, getting prominence very early on in the program that's corner shop of course doing the archies and that's uh, from a double a side single consisting of an original tune called double denim and uh, the cover that you've just heard and you can get yourself a copy of that by going to ampleplay.co.uk again Ample Play Records, that's where we can get uh, the latest double A side by Corner Shop. And that was, of course, again, Sugar Sugar. Uh, next, uh, there's a new release out, which is just a handful of weeks old. It's a, a comprehensive, career spanning box set five CDs, two DVDs, or six LP uh, as a vinyl set with singles, remixes, etc., etc., etc. Everything by uh, Pilt, by uh, Public Image Limited. And uh, the CD version of Public Image is Rotten Songs from the Heart. It was released on the 22nd of June, and uh, the vinyl uh, has just been released on uh, the 20th of July. Now, it's packed and packed and packed by virtue of being a 40th anniversary with just about everything and anything you could possibly want, especially if you uh, trawl the contents of the DVD. Uh, for now, I think I'm going to play you something to uh, to give you an idea of what you've been missing if you've not been a fan of Public Image Limited. Here's the 12-inch version of Seattle. Seattle. <laughs> 
Well, that's for all you Liverpool fans out there. We have Alison Becker, probably the best goalkeeper in the world. And uh, that was uh, a couple of weeks overdue, really. I just wanted to play that because... I know there's lots of Man United fans that listen to this programme, and, and I'm fair in a football sensibility, but I thought that was uh, somewhat uh, thematic. And it was only two minutes, so... Uh, all you Man United fans and anti-Liverpool uh, uh, sentiment uh, merchants out there. It wasn't that painful, really, was it? So the Pixies off Boston over their third LP on 480 Records from 1990, that was. Alison, before that, we heard the 12-inch version of Seattle by uh, Public Image Limited. And uh, get yourself this wonderful box set, 72-page book, posters, prints, all appeal sessions, old grey whistle test appearances, top of the pops appearances, everything is here if you are a pistols and pill uh, fanatic as I am a little bit of myself. Uh, before that, of course, was Sugar Sugar by uh, uh, The Archies originally, as covered by Corner Shop for our uh, Cover Me cover version of the week. And I didn't go into much detail at all, did I, about the, the lead track that we started uh, the programme off with this week. That was The Heartbreaks, Morecambe's Finest. Uh, that's their third single off their debut LP, their first of two LPs thus far, entitled Fun Times. And when was that released? About four or five years ago, I've lost uh, lost touch with the case, but again, that was the heartbreaks. Now, what's coming up next? We've got something new by uh, an outfit from uh, Christchurch, New Zealand, off their brand new stately and defrothed mini LP. They're called World Series with a U as opposed to an O, so worldseries.bankapp.com is where you can get a copy of uh, the new LP and all their back catalogue as well. And I can tell you what's coming up which you can look forward to in the next couple of hours or so, there is a hat-trick, as is in keeping with it every every week. This time it's a fuzzy felt hat-trick. I shall say no more until uh, nearer the time. We've got our weekly peel this week, which uh, this week is the sound, which I'm rather happy about. Of course, there's our obligatory fall art track, which might be doubled into two fall-esque tracks. I'm debating uh, that right now. Essential Wax this week is... Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'll leave that uh, cat to be uh, chucked out the bag later on. I'll tell you what the essential wax is later. And, of course, I'll be talking to uh, two bands later on. I'll be talking to Night Flight and Margot, which I'm really looking forward to sharing with you. And, of course, there is Tinterweb time this week. Loads to get to, including new releases, including the one I was just talking about. Here's World Series. <laughs>
1989's WWW release by uh, by Lush on 4AD Records of the mini LP Scar. That is a track called Bitter. And that's preceded by a track of Stately and Defroth, another mini LP, a brand new one, at that by New Zealand's World Series. And that was a song we called, sorry, we heard called Indiana Buzzing. Next up, we're going to hear something off 2014's debut EP by Black Honey, Sleep Forever. Don't know when it starts to worry 
could listen to Mazzy Star all day and every day. Of course, that's Mazzy Star off the third LP 1996's Among My Swan on Capitol Records. Take everything. And before that, Black Honey, the lead track to their debut and self-titled EP from 2014. Go to blackhoneyuk.bandcamp.com to get your hands on their merch. Next up, let's get a little bit shoegazy and a little bit Sarah-y, shall we? Let's go back to 1993 and hear this classic by Secret Shine.
sixth LP released a couple of days ago Proto Retro, that's DC's Dot Dash and an LP track entitled Tamed a Beast Dot Dash DC Dot and of course it's on the wonderful magnificent The Beautiful Music label at The Beautiful Music Dot Com and before we heard Dot Dash we heard the lead track to their WLP from 1993 specifically Secret Shine on the, the Sarah Records label and a tune called Suck Me Down. We are ten songs in, a third of the way through the programme, and let's have another new release, shall we? Let's go to Newcastle and hear something by Swine Tax.
1994. That's a single by Inspiral Carpets, of course, assisted unequivocally by Marky Smith up the fall. And uh, that's called I Want You. And that qualifies for this week's obligatory fall ah, track. There may be another semi-related uh, fall track coming up, if I can get to it before the end of uh, the scheduled programme. Before we heard uh, our obligatory fall ah, track this week, we heard Never Ending of the new EP, Never Ending Thorns, uh, by Swintax from Newcastle upon Tyne. Bless them, Geordie lads, great, great band, swintax.bandcamp.com to get your hands on their material, and we will be hearing more from them, I am quite sure of it, uh, in the coming weeks and months. Um, what did we hear before that? Of course, we heard Tamed a Wild Beast by Dot Dash, didn't we? That was a, a brand new release as of a couple of days ago. Now, what have I got queued up for you lovely folk next? I have our uh, weekly Peel session. We're going to go back to 1981, specifically the 9th of November 
1981. And we're going to hear this rendition of the sounds. Hot House. <laughs>
Magnificent AC Acoustics from Glasgow, and that's their third single that appears on their second LP, Victory Parts, from 1997. We heard the single version and not the LP version. That is Hand Passes Plenty. 
as I say, uh, a wonderful band. And if you can get your hands on their material, it is quite uh, readily available. They really just didn't uh, gain the prominence that they so rightly deserved. And uh, their second, sorry, their third and fourth LPs especially are just absolute gold dust. So I highly recommend getting to, getting to do some R&D, some research and, and digging about for some AC acoustics. And before that, it was uh, time for our weekly Peel track. And this week it was uh, from November the 9th, 1981. And it was The Sound, uh, Adrian Borland and co. With uh, the Peel Session version, of course, of Hot House. And the single itself was released uh, actually after the Peel Session on Corova Records in 1982, the year after the Peel session was recorded. Next up, here's something new by uh, a gentleman uh, from London entitled Dr Bird. We're going to hear a song entitled East London Cleopatra. Yes. 
new stuff by Dr Bird, one of four tracks off the new Part of My Plan EP and we just heard a song called East London Cleopatra and uh, you can find out more, not a lot of information to be frank about uh, Dr Bird out there but if you go to facebook.com slash Dr Bird the band and that's Dr as D-R, so D-R Bird the band all one word and uh, that's how you can keep track of what's happening in the world of Dr Bird that is uh, quite well-ish, pretty modish isn't it and uh, just, just the song title itself, um, East London Cleopatra is worth a spin in its own right. Now it's time for uh, another feature that we have every week here if you're a new listener, which, uh, which is fine. But if you are a new listener, actually, this is probably a bit of a segue into why don't you go back because there are another 91 episodes of Top Top Music and just a litany of wonderfully interesting, uh, giving, uh, forthcoming people uh, who I have had the lucky opportunity to have interviewed. And they share an awful lot of... Uh, fun information, knowledge, bits and bobs that'll uh, enhance uh, your musical prowess. So uh, just because it's a podcast doesn't mean to say you just have to listen to the ones that are coming out. You can go back and trawl through the immense library of uh, Near Perfect Pitches, 91 episodes in addition to this one. So now it's time for uh, a hat-trick. This week it's uh, a fuzzy felt hat-trick. And you can probably sense that this week I've actually took the time and effort to uh, conjure up a theme. And it's going to start off with this. Vibrations running through my legs and moving my hips Filling me up from my feet to the grooves in my fingerprints
hat trick wasn't a nice fuzzy felt hat trick that song that we just heard the last one of the three was gold Frapp and a song entitled lovely head off golf Frapp's debut debut record uh, on meat records from 2000 entitled felt mountain there you go there's the, the first felt for you and the golf rap are essentially Alison golf and will gregory before we heard the golf rap track we heard off felt's fourth lp ignite the seven cannons from 1985 we heard the day the rain came down and uh, that of course is just musical deity it's felt of course and we started things off with uh, scousers specifically a band called clean cut kid with the title track to their one and only lp to date from last year and the lp guess what it's called felt that's our fuzzy felt hat trick for this week and i'll be back next week with either something thematic or something entirely non-thematic and lazy you just have to wait and see what happens right next we're going to hamburg germany to hear something new by uh, an outfit on tapet records called unhappy birthday here's a tune called shom
foot high, our back will promenade. Fake quality, second hunting, grim facade. Lamented face paint and dyed black quiff. Overweight and out of date. Twenty foot high, our back will promenade. Second hand secret facade Lamented face paint And die black with Overweight and out of date American trilogy In Lancashire first of two tracks of our essential wax this week which is everything must go by uh, manic street preachers from 1996 before i get into more detail about it i will let you know that before we heard the manic song we heard by unhappy birthday from hamburg germany a shoegaze outfit we heard a track entitled schaum they've been signed to tapet records but you can also reach them at it's your unhappy birthday .bandcamp.com and that's where you can buy this single uh, in as much as you can also go to Tapat Records as well. Uh, either way, the money goes to the artist. Um, now, Manic Street Preachers, we just heard Elvis impersonated Blackpool Pier, one of 12 songs of this week's, uh, this week's rather, Essential Wax and uh, delighted to be uh, actually given some prominence to this wonderful record, Everything Must Go by Manic Street Preachers, their fourth of 13 studio albums produced by Mike Hedges on the Epic uh, Epic record label and uh, spawned five singles A Design for Life, Everything Must Go, Kevin Carter, Further Away and Australia. Now, 
The working title of the record was Sounds in the Grass, named after a series of uh, paintings by uh, Mr Jackson Pollock, but it was eventually named Everything Must Go, named after a play by Patrick Jones, who is uh, Nicky Wyatt's uh, brother. Now, we heard an LP track, we heard Elvis impersonated Blackpool Pier. Let's hear the fourth single now, Further Away.
from Boston. That's Aberdeen, ex-Sarah recording artist of the It Was The Rain Lost Recordings 93 to 95 compilation. That's actually their third single from 95, entitled Snapdragon. And before that, we heard our second of two feature tracks of our Essential Wax this week, which is Manic Street Preachers, Everything Must Go from 1996 on Epic Records and uh, that was the fourth single we just heard further away, the fourth of five singles and before that we heard Elvis impersonator Blackpool Pier, lead track of the LP Not A Single uh, The record um, was uh, released by the band following the disappearance of lyricist and rhythm guitarist Richie Edwards very soon after he disappeared, the first record not to feature him uh, that's a point of prominence and it did uh, reach the rare air of number two in the regular charts in the UK next up, I did sort of allude to the fact that there might be an opportunity for a, a kind of second obligatory fall R track and there is but, you know, he's got to go down, you know, you know, music's got to go fucking down with that. Yeah. Well, what the best, you best you get him to do, Keir, yeah. is get him to fucking sit at a table and fucking play the fucking drum beat. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, you know, you know just, just like... Yeah. You know what I mean? Da, 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 Yeah. 
That is obligatory for Ah, number two of the week, a single on Regal Records from 1999. That's Inch, who are Keir Stewart and Simon Spencer, aided and abetted in full by Mark E. Smith. And that's uh, Inch by the band Inch with Marky Smith and again a single on Regal Records. Next up it's time for another one of our special features and I think it's instantly recognisable by virtue of this. Well that means without a shadow of a doubt kids that it's Tinterweb time. Uh, the time of the programme where I will share a website with you that I think is of worth, prominence, something that you can get something out of, that you'd be happy to be the recipient of. Uh, in this case, I'm going to take you to a website right now called Suburban Home Recordings. So you go to Suburban Home Recordings. No, you don't. You go to Suburban Home Records. Limitedrun.com. And the premise of this wonderful label that is based in York, in uh, in the northwest of, of, of England, uh, an indie label. They have a mandate of producing physical limited edition copies uh, in the single format for up and coming artists. And I became aware of them uh, a little while ago by virtue of a Maltese band from Valletta uh, who are called The Velts with their new single Roller Coaster. That is going to be a limited edition run on the suburban home records label. Isn't that lovely? So go to the website, have a look. There's LPs, double LPs, 10s, 7s, cassettes, DVD, the whole the whole gamut. But uh, the whole beauty is the care and attention that this label uh, puts into every single release. It's quite remarkable and it's a beautiful thing if you're a record collector. So again, our uh, Tinterweb time this week is Suburban Home Records, suburbanhomerecords.limitedrun.com. And we're going to hear a song that's entirely related because it's a record that's going to be coming out on the label. Here's Malta's The Velts with Roller Coaster.
too long I've been accomplished by the coding I'm a selfish man But I hate the way we fell out Over simple things and stubborn doubt Took the heart of me I'm not ready Say goodbye to you. No, I'm not ready to say goodbye to you. You asked me once if I was proud of the life I led, the life I crowd. I don't really know But the core of all my words are clear I need your love like atmosphere now Let me dream on that Cause I'm not ready to say goodbye to you No Is a Wanderlust EP. That is the ridiculously talented Night Flight, specifically Sam Holmes, and one of three songs that we're going to hear around an interview which you're going to be treated to. And I tell you, um, I personally had an immense time uh, talking with Sam, 
as I did with Margot and both these bands I am just loving 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 and they're both uh, both based in London and Margot you know a lot about uh, Night Flight I've played uh, in the past as well but I want you to be wholeheartedly and unequivocally totally in sync with exactly what these two bands are doing they are uh, they're very different uh, but I'm just lucky to have both of them in the same week as are you to be able to listen to so Let's go back to that song Departure from the Wanderlust EP. Just gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. I'm going to play something more off uh, the latest Carousel EP and then I'll come back uh, briefly before I get into the interview with Sam and then we'll uh, reconvene for one more song by Night Flight before we get into the nitty gritty with Margot. You are lucky, lucky people.
off the brand new, couple of days old, new EP, Carousel EP specifically. That's Night Flight with a track called Roulette. And one more song to come uh, by Night Flight, but it's going to come after this. It's my chat with Sam. Enjoy it, and I'll be back uh, in about 25 minutes. Sorry, sorry about this. I think the reception where I am is quite bad. Yeah, well, you're okay for the minute. You must have moved 10 feet to the left or right. It's okay at the moment. I know. I've just, uh, I've just re-parked, so hopefully, uh, hopefully this is better. It is, it's a lot better. I, I don't want to make this a, a pain in the arse uh, um, experience for you. But oh, God. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. You, were, you, you were talking... Um, what were you talking about before the line went dead? I think we were talking about you at 14, then deciding perhaps I should do some listening before I pursue my individuality yeah i think that was, that was it it was um it, it was starting to try and get into some kind of music eventually that, that could kind of define i guess what i what i wrote it, it took me a while to stop being so stubborn and uh, start, start start listening to, to things i think led zeppelin is the, my my first love if i remember correctly i think um all that kind of going to california yes open open tuning stuff um so I started playing a lot of that, um, and then and then I started getting into John Martin, Nick Drake, and people like that. Yes. Um, and then I, I think obviously the Beatles came and all all of that. I, I I think it was just a natural progression, isn't it? I was going to say that. With, um, it seems to me you, you you sort of followed a very uh, proven musical evolution there in terms of discovery, and, and it's not unique, but it's, it's it's a journey that I think we all need to go on, and it's it's all a part of our upbringing. And I think that is is that something that you sourced yourself? Was it usually radio that was kind of holding your hand through this, or were you just sort of out and about record shops, do, 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 just being a part of the of of, of, of the culture, or, or were you were you influenced by certain DJs and, and radio shows that turn you on to certain kinds of music? Um, I think, weirdly enough, it wasn't a radio show. I, I collected CDs. Yes. I definitely remember doing that. Um, and I remember my guitar teacher like lending me CDs and being like, um, here's Zeppelin Four, go and listen to that. Or yes. here's, um, here's Rubber Soul, go, go listen to that. So uh, that's kind of where my love of albums came from. Yes. Like, I al- always loved crafted albums from start to finish. I think... The good of Graceland thing helped that as well. <laughs> I um, think this Graceland has been subliminally um, instrumental in, in, in your whole trajectory here. That's it, I know, and I, I never mention it in the influences. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but it clearly keeps cropping up. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. I mean, um, Gra- Graceland in itself it is just what you've been alluding to. It is a complete body of work that is interrelated, has a flow, has a sequence. And I've had this conversation on countless occasions with the importance of, um, you know, the track listing, uh, the first song on side A, the last song on side B, they all have they all have meaning. And as you quite rightly say, I'm 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 convinced that you've released two EPs because you haven't, in your own mind, written a complete album yet. Well, that's it. It's uh, you. You want to get to the point where I've, I've got the songs and they're obviously good enough for for you to put on a start to finish album that. Is is crafted and works works together. Like I, we, we keep uh, putting off, kind of you know, putting on like a best of album or something like that. You know, the best <laughs> tracks from the EP. Yes. It's a com- conversation I keep having with my manager back and forth, and he's like, "Oh, you should put the best songs on there." But I'm like, "Yes, but I re- you want the album to play from start to finish." Like I'm 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 sure that that will come back in 
uh, into fashion. I do uh, hope so. I know a lot of people. I hope so. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah, me too. Absolutely. Because I mean. It, I'm all, for, I'm all for listening to songs in a disparate capacity, i.e. one song, a single, a song off an EP, but there's nothing more pleasurable than listening to, you know, eight to 12 songs that actually are are a piece of a complete works. Uh, and and they are very yeah. few and far between, aren't they? They really, they really are. Just, you, just don't, you just don't hear it as much anymore at all. Um, and, you know, I, I think, what was the one most recent great album. I think, Mike, did you hear the Michael Kiwanuku one? Yes, I did. I've heard um, that record. It's a very nice record. That, that yeah. Oh, yeah, really great. But it's, it's just, it was so good because it was well-crafted and put together and there was a sound there in the album. And I, I just love that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just such a huge fan of songs. <laughs> um, and, you know, you know, it, it absolutely comes through. Your, your, your enthusiasm is, is palpable and it, it's, it's great to listen to because you have this Oh, this this verve <laughs> this verve and humility uh, uh, combined with it, with this drive and, and it's really nice to hear. Well, that's it. I think so. We were just kind of thinking about what to do next and the next steps. And I think I think my manager bought 40, 40 new demos, and he kind he kind of messaged me back going, "Thanks, but also thanks thanks a lot." <laughs> <laughs> thanks for nothing. I've got forty demos. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, it's bad because he, he was kind of like, oh, I'll try that or I'll try this. And so I just, I kind of got on a, you, you know, you have these purple patches and I kind of got on a roll yeah. and just ended up, um, you know, just, I, I think sometimes you just end up writing song after song and you just kind of feel it all come out. And it, it's got to the point where I'm like, I don't know what to do with all of these now because, I, <laughs> you know, are people ready for the night's right album yet? Or do they need another EP? Or, I, I, I kind of go to the management and I'm like, I, I could deliver a trip to them if you want. <laughs> well, don't, don't, so, don't, don't turn into Ty Seagal and release something every week because that, that could be the, that could be, uh, that could pose a problem. Yeah, but, no. <laughs> But to, well, that's but, it. You, you want people to enjoy, you want people to enjoy it, and I, I, I like the idea that organically over time, like more people will discover it, and so, you know, even the same with the EPs, you kind of want it to build up a bit of a head of steam because at the end of the day, I think music lovers are going to be the ones that turn to the nightlight. Like, you know, obviously you hope that one of the songs um, comes across in a more, I guess, mainstream way that like every great singer-songwriter or band have had, but yes. I, I, I never want to force, force it, you know, I, I just want to write good songs and then go from there, so. Well, could, could I be so bold as to ask um, how old you are? Yeah, yeah, so I, I'm 28. 20, yeah, so you've got, you got, you got lots of time, <laughs> it's, and, 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 yeah. and I really respect, yeah. I respect, always respect the ethic that, you know, you, you're, you're making, you're making music for yourself, uh, you, you, you are not trying to accelerate an organic process, and you are letting the music do its talking, and just slow, a slow organic trajectory, more and more people hearing and appreciating it, and that brings me to yeah. the next question, because you, you are on a wonderful record label, with a wonderful oh, team. fantastic, yeah. They are, I mean, I, I deal with countless record labels, and... I, you, you're very hard pressed to meet a better, more enthused bunch than than than, than CRC. That's, that's fantastic. Um, I mean, it's, it's great to be on a roster of uh, you know such people as like White Horses and Rue. And I, I mean, again, it's the same thing. They're craft, they're craftsmen, and it's, it's nice to kind of chat up with with 
lucky enough to be in the same room or go to their shows. It's just really inspiring, I think. I, I'm, I'm one of those people that will go to shows, and it's, I always get so frustrated in the evening because I go home and I just want to ride. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, well, you'll be going until about 3 a.m. and think, well, you've named you've named dropped a couple of beauties there. I had I had Rue on the show a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, say that again. I you, you're cutting out again, Sam. It sounds like you're in a wind tunnel. Yeah, here we go. Oh, that's miles better. Yeah. I, I, I just think it was wind noise. But um, as I, as I was saying, I had I had uh, Rue on the show a couple of weeks ago, and my goodness me, oh, you? yeah, what a, I mean, what a talent. I mean, you you know that as well as I do. And I was lucky enough to have. Uh, have uh, white horses as well, and yeah. rewinding a little bit to what you were talking about, I think for me in recent history, the last record that actually did constitute an, an, an album from beginning to end was the second and latest uh, White Horses LP. It, it's a complete body of work that still blows my mind every time I listen to it. Oh, it's, fanta- it's absolutely fantastic, yeah. And they're, and they're brilliant, and you know, it's not, it's not surprising the types of um, brilliant artists they get to sing on the record as well. Because um, yes. I mean, you can't you can't really turn down music of that quality, can you? No, no. But I, I'm just very happy for you that you, you know you, you're you're in brilliant company, but you recognise the fact that you're in brilliant company. It must be wonderful to be on a fly on the wall when you've got uh, when you got uh, Dom yourself and uh, and Rue in the, in the same room. That that'd be pretty. I, I'd I'd love to be involved with that little gathering. It would be a nice meeting of the minds. That would be great. Well, hopefully one time we could do it. Might, it might be nice to have a, a, a three-way songwriter interview. <laughs> yeah, but also I'm, I'm suggesting a uh, a Rue Payne's, Don Thomas, uh, Sam Sam Holmes, uh, uh, CRC Christmas single. Just just food for thought, anyway. Hey, I, I'm, I'm up for that. We need a good Christmas single. There's not been a good one for years. Oh, there hasn't. There's just, just there's just been a litany of them, and they're all rubbish. So it, the time is right yeah. to, to write to write a good one. But um, what I was also going to ask you in terms of um, you, you're a meticulous songwriter, and of course at some point you have to entrust your uh, songwriting to to fellow band members, uh, and, and yeah. you know with Harry, Nick, uh, Dan, and and Andy, um, are, are these uh, Chaps that you've known for a while, how'd that all come together? Um, yeah, so I mean, it, it kind of comes through organically. I guess when I was doing the solo stuff, um, I, when I first started doing that, that was when Nick and Dan first came on board. Yeah. Um, and then from there, uh, uh, Andy, Andy joined, and then Harry was the latest. But I think, strange enough, because Harry, because Harry's the lead guitarist. Um, because he joined the latest, we, we, we actually built the biggest bond in terms of going over songs. And so, like, I would go to him and say, I've written a song and come back to different. Hey, third time lucky. How are you doing? There we go. Here we go. This should, this should be it. I've, I've decided to, to, to move, so I've, I've got better. Uh, better reception than <laughs> you know, Well, you've, you've, you've what, climbed on top of the Burger King, have you? Longer. We were just just briefly talking about uh, the the accrual of the band. You know, getting Harry, Nick, Dan, and Andy together. Oh yeah. So um, I was saying like the the last the last the last person to join, uh, but probably one of the most valuable to me was uh, Harry Phillips. So um, he uh, he's probably the first person I go to with a finished song. 
so I'll, I'll kind of ride it on my acoustic or on the piano uh, and then send it over. And he'll kind of come to me with different parts. And I mean, he's prolific in that sense. Like he'll have so many different ideas. Such a wonderful guitarist. And then from there, I'll kind of take it into the band and we'll start kind of taking it apart, developing it. Right. Right, so so obviously you, you're comfortable in your own skin, and, and needless to say, you've recruited four, four chaps who you're immensely comfortable with. But what's it what's it like live when when you take to the stage? Oh, it's great! I love I, I love I love playing live. I, I mean, it's mainly because every time I play, it's, it's the idea that the song is new, it's it's fresh, and you know, kind of anything can happen. You know, because we're playing. We're playing all our instruments, we're not playing the track or anything like that. Yes. Um, it's that, that kind of utter joy where you can have moments of madness but also find that magic uh, within the set at the same time. Yeah. Um, so we played we played in a church yesterday at this uh, Port Elliot Festival in Cornwall. Wonderful. And the, yeah, the first two tracks were kind of mad, like the acoustics were a bit mad and uh, we were trying to grapple with how it worked. And then by, by the end, you know, it just sounded so great kind of we were getting these wonderful choral moments from the harmonies and it's just uh, it's just a joy to play you know yeah and, and no no two live performances will ever be the same that's the beauty of it isn't it that's that's it that's it and what what i hope with the songs is that through time the longevity is that the songs you know are good enough that we can kind of strip them down or re uh, rearrange them uh, and play them in different settings that kind of work uh, you know, it's a different setup. So I, I like I like the idea that we can kind of swap things around or swap instruments around depending on what whatever sound the next album is or what yeah. route we go down. No, it sounds like a wonderful band dynamic that, that obviously just you're obviously very very comfortable in it, and it sounds like you all feed off each other. It sounds like a, a really nice cooperative that you've got going there. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. There's, I mean. They're all really lovely guys as well, which is the, the biggest plus I think you can find. Like I've played in a few bands where you know there's there's always one that's uh, maybe slightly difficult, and I was I was hoping it crossed that guy's not me. Now I'm like, that sounds really nice. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's very difficult. Yeah, as soon as Sam leaves, leaves the room, he's like, I can't believe the ego of that bloke. It's unbelievable, isn't it? No, I'm, I'm really excited, just excited to record the next next kind of batch of songs now. That's great. Well, again, your enthusiasm is, is beyond tangible. It's just, it's coming across oh, coming across the airwaves without any ambiguity whatsoever. I've I've got one last question for you, which which I think it will surprise you because it's got absolutely nothing to do with your talent or music, but it's something oh, yeah. it's something that I ask everybody. So it's not something that I'm just picking on you with. It's hypothetical. Okay. It's a hypothetical question whereby if you were in the, in Ottawa here after having done a successful gig as as you always do. Uh, you've got a nice uh, cup of tea in your hand and I come out with the magic biscuit tin, the near-perfect pitch magic biscuit tin. And you can choose a biscuit from past, present or future. Any biscuit on God's green earth or even extraterrestrial, what biscuit would you choose? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I mean, does this class as a biscuit? Can I say matchmakers? Do they class as a biscuit? No, you can, you can. You can because over the, over the years I've, I've had lots of artists try and push the envelope as to actually what the definition of a bickey is. So chocolate bars and things like that are allowed, and derivatives are allowed. So you're you're you are the first and only taker of a matchmaker. So you've created work for me. Go. 
Fantastic. Well, that's good. well, that, that's that's just further enhancing your uniqueness. <laughs> Okay, well, the, the next the next night flight tour brought to you by Matchmakers, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that'd be, I think that'd be my dream. <laughs> well, get, get, get on the phone, get on the phone. Anyway, I'll, I'll be in touch. I'll be in touch with everybody to let you know when uh, the interview's up and ready. And in the meantime, please drive safe. Thank you for uh, driving around a car park for me, and uh, and thank you oh, very much for your time. No, thank you so much, Darren. No, it's been lovely to chat to you. It's a so, pleasure, Sam, and, and, and hopefully we'll talk soon. Take care of yourself. Absolutely. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Night Flight, another CRC music recording artist. They can do no wrong, can they? And uh, I was just delighted to talk to Sam. What a lovely chap. What a talented man. And uh, looking forward to more and more material by Night Flight. And uh, it sounds like there's going to be some more in the works if you are paying attention. And he's also, of course on his way to his uh, parents to do some writing so that, that that does bear well as well doesn't it for, for new material if you are uh, loving that music as I am again Night Flight one more song to play for you by, uh, by Night Flight going to play one more song of the Carousel EP which you can get by going to nightflightofficial.com everything you need to know is at nightflightofficial.com or you can go to CRC Music okay let's hear some Parade
Margot with Desensitized. Now, when I played this for the first time, I got tons of email and uh, asking me who this band was. And uh, I don't usually get inundated with email when I play songs, but this one was, uh, in particular, uh, piquing people's interests. Uh, it must be noted that Margot have released three singles thus far this year, and uh, that was the first of the three. And that's all they have for each and every single tune of the three are just gems. And I'm going to get more into it in just a couple of minutes. Before we heard Desensitize, Margot's uh, debut single, we heard Pop What Eat Yourself, PWEI, with RSVP, a single from 93, which uh, famously had uh, Familius Horribilis on, on the B-side, uh, talking about uh, those uh, certain Windsor-type people who live in castles. And um, it features on their sixth LP, Dos Dedos Mis Amigos. So we just heard Desensitized by Margot, and uh, let's hear their latest single now. It's uh, the third of the three. It's entitled Tired. Smile you've taken on 
How gorgeous is that? The latest single by Margot, which I've uh, played, I think it was either last week or the week before. But uh, all I can do is play the three songs that they have thus far, which we've heard the first single, Desensitised. We've heard the latest single, Tired. And we will hear the single in betwixt after we hear the interview, which I'm going to hand over to uh, Alex, Albie, Ben, Michael, Rob and myself right now. And I'll be back afterwards to play one more song by the wonderful Margot. Okay, well, first of all, first of all, um, I'm a big fan, and I've played all three singles, and the buzz I'm getting from the airplay is, is fantastic. I don't usually get email from people saying, thank you for playing a song, um, but that's been applicable to the first two of your, uh, your three singles, so it's something I'm, I'm not quite used to. And uh, after, after three brilliant singles, do you feel a bit of pressure to deliver the next the next uh, piece of work? Is it going to be another single? Is it going to be an EP? Are you working on an LP? What are you doing? Um, well, thank you very much. It's very kind of you to say. Yeah. Uh, we've already got another one recorded. Yeah, we was at the same time we recorded those three. Right. So it's kind of, it'll just continue in that. It was in the similar sort of vein. It's, it's not really like a real pressure because we've already recorded it. We've already recorded like Three more songs. Yeah. Oh, okay. So will it be thematic? Oh, yeah. Will it be thematic in terms of its aesthetic as well? Because your artwork is is wonderful. But it's it's just nice that you've you've taken the effort and it's thematic and it's obviously noticeably uh, it's noticeably Margot with everything that you release. So it's it's visually recognisable, not just audibly recognisable, which is which is nice, of course. It's, it's, it's an unexpected bonus. Now, well, then, what, what yeah, I'd say the next song, the next song, actually the next one's not, maybe not so, uh, yeah, thematically similar, but it has the same, uh, in terms of like subject matter, similar, thematically, but maybe like sound, sound wise, it's, oh, okay, it's a bit more, more it's, 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 a bit it's not a departure, but it's a little bit heavier than the yeah, right. Well, I, what, what I've found with the, with the three singles thus far, in terms of the, the, the lyrics, the lyrics remain consistently real. And obviously there's the analogy of overhearing you know, uh, conversations on the tube. I mean, that, that's, that's, yeah. that's real writing. But musically, you've, yeah. deve- you've developed... And, and development doesn't necessarily mean positive or negative. It just means evolving, I suppose. And, and you introduced synths and strings with the last single. Uh, we did, yeah. And um, what was responsible for that? Because I'm not saying it's a massive departure, but it's it's a conscious decision. What was responsible yeah. for that? Do you think the song just needed it? Uh, it was more we had the opportunity to do it, but we didn't also think that as well. Um, we did, we did think yeah, that I mean, it, it's, it's the grandest of the songs. Um, it would it complement that one more than it would have. We made any sure other cool and a miniature and a miniature and stuff before, but it still wasn't given that same kind of expansive tone of the wanted to. And we're quite lucky because the world then works. Yeah, so basically, where I work is like a, is a music studio slash production music company, and so we record strings of things all the time. Yeah. And I knew there, I knew there was a string session coming up, so so basically, I just we just tacked it on the end of the session and didn't <laughs> really realise what was going on. The music that they were playing was like quite different to the stuff that preceded it. <laughs> that was great. That's, that's kind of fortuitous that you you had that you had that at your disposal. Well, anyway, 
regardless, whatever my whatever token uh, influence my opinion has, it's a wonderful single. It works immensely well. Is it something that you've revisited in in, in other in other recordings as well? Strings, do you mean? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, we'd like to, but I think uh, it was. We won't really have another chance to do it. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I should recording strings tomorrow. So yeah. there you go. But uh, I, I think we're open to it in the future, but it's not something immediately that we're going to follow up with. I think. Right. And I think we all felt we felt it a little audacious, actually. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I can understand that. I mean, it's, it was a bold move, but it worked. It, it would have been uh, it'd be more of a talking point if it didn't work, to be frank. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. yeah. I think we also feel like, you know, if it, if it sort of matches the song or if it feels like it should, it should be, you know, part of the song, then why do we want to use it? But it, it doesn't feel like it's necessary. And I suppose the next, the next few songs, I think, it's necessary. Well, I, I suppose it's quite easy to... Oversaturated song, yes, just for the sake. It is. Yeah. Uh, so we want to be careful and cautious in that regard. Yeah. Well, it well, sounds it sounds like you're uh, patently aware of the pitfalls which you know a lot of uh, a lot of bands do yeah. fall into, and you've you've got to under you've got to know and uh, have that have that have that unequivocal opinion that it's done now, it's finished, and then move on to the next one. Otherwise, we've had this conversation with millions of artists whereby. You can end up in a padded cell if you're that pedantic, because technically it's, it's it's never finished. But you've got to at some point say it's finished. Yeah, it's very, very, very true. Very true. Yeah, I think it's like it's, obviously we all work and we all have other stuff on the side. Yes. It's a way that we have to work. Like the music, like we don't actually have a lot of time, so <laughs> we kind of have to be very uh, clear. Yeah, we have an idea of what we're trying to. Well, yeah, yeah tinkering, I think. <laughs> well, well Mike, that was kind of led, leading to my next question because of, of the DIY ethic and working around what, what's most likely a nine-to-five schedule for all of you and having job jobs. Being able to have that focus with what little time you have available collectively, long, you know, long weekends, bank holidays, to nail stuff down. Yeah. Well, I felt like we all obviously, like, we've all known each other for a long time, like, we went to, like, from college together and like a few few guys know each other since they were like 10 or whatever uh we've all kind of like you know there's a reason why we love we love what we're doing so, you know, kind of mm. i suppose we love we have sentimental we love each other but yeah yeah we got kind of like you know so we kind of want to do it uh, i don't know i think that i think that comes across in the music I think it does. I think it's a, it's abundantly clear that, that you you have a history together now are, are you all yeah. from from the Hearn Hill area we actually grew up more uh, further, like South London, um, in like the suburbs. But we all moved, like we all moved around to South London, like Brixton, Hill area. Uh, uh, we used to live further out, like like Richmond, Richmond, and like Teddington area. Kingston, Kingston. Well, that's very posh. She lived in the posh part. Yeah, we, yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I I used to in the late eighties, I, I I used to live in. Uh, some godforsaken building in Kennington that that, that everyone was there were there was people were scared to visit me in it, but I'm sure it's changed a lot since then. But there's something about that part of the world, isn't there, in terms of uh, you know around Brixton Way. There's still there's still very much a vibe there, isn't there? Yeah. Well, we're we're obviously like probably our sound is quite different to like a lot of the other bands that are like around that area. Like what is it like Shame and Go Go and stuff like that. So it's like we're always quite different to that, but. Um, I think there's definitely a kind of like the idea of like 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe like lyrically or like realism and like anger and frustration and living in their delivery but their sentiment for sure because because London is yeah, it's yeah, a it's yeah. a struggle every day isn't it it's what every day it's a struggle it's London's a nut house uh, it is a struggle yeah yeah, yeah. And, it, and that's evident in the lyrics but are, are you comfortable with with the moniker of of, of, of things like dream pop and wispy and and and, and, and uh, uh, um, yeah I don't mind the descriptive words like dreamy or whatever but I No, it, well, not not at all. But but it's just lazy, just lazy journalism and lazy media because it doesn't yeah. matter who you talk to. It says, "Oh, I've heard this new band called Margot." So the inevitable question is, what do they sound like? So yeah. you've got to be able to quantify that with something that that's you know that, that's referential for somebody. And um, I said we sound like closer to like Smith or something like that. I mean, it's closer to like Matt Lamarca. I feel like more like it's more. I don't know, like the sensitized word of the first one was very like indie. It's not like mm. I don't I just, know. It's kind of got. Kind of, it's kind of grounded in eighty sound. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. What I call it. I call it intelligent guitar pop for sake for sake of any other pigeonholing. Because lyrically, that that's the defining factor in terms of its intelligence. But musically, it's intelligent as well. So, I mean, you, you can be patronised with music pigeonholing. I just wondered because a lot of the press I'm reading about you is is dropping the terminology dream pop, and, and it drives me mental because it's such a broad spectrum that ranges from shoegaze to 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 to, 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 to choral. You know. Yeah, these lads have got an edge to them. They're not. They're not all. They're not all uh, subdued, and, and they're, they're angry with. But, but they're showing their anger. That'd be, it'd be nice to, to see how Margot gets angry. It'd be nice to see, see a song like that where you actually lose well, your patience with it. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's forthcoming. Yeah, yeah. Musically more angry, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's, let's be honest, politically, economically, and in just about every facet, there are enough reasons to be angry with uh, with, with, with what's going on in, on, our, on our wonderful planet. So you have an endless supply of material, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's good to try and, like, I think that's what's good about it, yeah, what we well, For me, anyway, writing the lyrics, like, I enjoy, uh, I kind of mostly write it off the music. So yeah. It's fun for me to, like, be able to 
to kind of, uh, I don't know, release a lot of anger in a quite cathartic way, I suppose. I like that. That, that. that one sentence is immensely quotable. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I Oh yeah, like, I don't know. it's a process. Yeah. It's a process, and you feel better. You feel better for, uh, for for unloading it and sharing it. Now, 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 now Ben. Now you've got you've got this wonderful infrastructure where where you know you've got Ben who who's well and truly a part of the band, but he's involved with the, with the process as well. So you, you you've got that element of control and empathy when it comes to sound. Now, uh, yeah. Ben, do you, do you find it difficult, Ben, to disassociate yourself from? Okay, this is my work, but I've also got to finesse it as well. Uh, sometimes I think I don't know. I think, I think like, I'm hard not to to, to, uh, not to differentiate between like a good sounding thing from the sound engineer's point of view, and then also like something that is emotionally effective. But that's not that's something that doesn't really that's not a thing that's specific to the band. That's just something that I a lot, you know. Yes. One thing about it getting like a really good sound, like objectively good. I, I, and another thing is I've like, always been very like amazed at Ben being able to sort of be objective about it, considering you know we kind of put so much sort of energy into it, and there's been kind of sort of definitely like w what the process that he goes through doing it. Yeah. Like it does can be objective and sort of yeah. remove himself a little bit from sort of emotional ties. Of, yeah, exactly. That's exactly where I'm coming from. Because that the sort of objective subjectivity, i.e., to remove yeah. yourself from it, that, that 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 must be difficult because it's your craft. You you've contributed to it. Then you've almost got to crit critique your own work. Yeah. <laughs> You're only improving. Though. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes. Like... Of course, of course you are. But still, you you've got to have that mindset whereby, am I actually improving it? Am I improving it because of? Uh, anyway, I'm getting I'm getting into the deep psychosis of of, of audio engineering. I, I, I think the thing I think the thing is like we kind of you know we don't know like at the end of the day like, <laughs> we literally don't know. Yeah, because so, we because we spend so much time with the pump, so you kind of don't really know at the end of it whether you have no idea whether it's shit. <laughs> shit <or whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let let Ben have a go, and, and if and if it's shit, we'll soon find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's it like working with Taz Matar? I don't know an awful lot about Taz. What? what uh... Uh, Taz is my boss. So. <laughs> okay, so you can't. Okay, so you can't say anything bad. So he's a, he's a tremendous fella. He's a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's, he's a great guy. He's helped us out a lot, like mastering and advice about mixes. I was showing my mix before, before I kind of. Before he signed them, yeah, he signed them off. He's always happy to critique them and stuff. Oh, that's great! Yeah. Lovely to have a mentor on a sounding board like that. Yeah, he used to work for, uh, for Trevor Horn. Well, if you work for Trevor Horn, you know your onions, don't you? Yeah, you know your onions. Yeah. <laughs> that that is for sure. That is for sure. So, um, what, what me being a greedy bugger because I can't get I just can't get enough of the music and three singles. I'm afraid is just not enough. When 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 can we expect to hear something new? Because I am asked quite frequently. Oh, um, it'll probably be around five to six weeks. Yeah, about five, about five weeks from now, I think. Okay, we so we haven't, we haven't decided yet. 
Okay, well, that's good. It's, a, it's good. To, it's good to know. So we've got a month of football season to satiate. So there's a new Margot single. That's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I've got I've got one last question for you, for you, for you lads, and, and it's it's something I ask everybody, regardless of who you are, and it's hypothetical. It's conceivably Margot are uh, doing a very successful East Eastern North American tour, and you end up at my house with a with a cup of tea in your hands, and. I bring out the magic biscuit tin, and it's exactly that, it's a magic biscuit tin. Okay. You can choose any biscuit on God's green earth, past, present or future, what would you choose? And I have to go around the whole band now. Biscuit. A biscuit, it's got to be your biscuit that you would choose. I respect you for that, Alex, I do. Because there, there aren't many, there aren't many Garibaldi takers, and I think it's a grossly underestimated biscuit. Okay, so who's next? You break. You go for a milk chucky hobnob. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. I must say, I must say, Michael, you're not exactly sticking your neck out there because that is a very popular choice. Yeah, not though. No, no, true enough. I, I call, I call the milk chocolate hot of the Volkswagen of biscuits. It just does a job. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Now, Ben, what about you, Ben? Um, I think I'll have an incredibly boring brick. Brick. Because I like. What did you say? I missed that. Rich tea. Oh, rich tea. Oh, you're going for the plain Jane tea absorber. That's fine. Yeah. Now, who, who am I missing? Have we got Have we got Rob and uh, and Albie there as well? Yeah. I think uh, I have to play a Is this Rob? Is this Rob? No, it's Albie. Oh, Albie. Okay. Albie's going for the bourbon. Nice work. And then we've got Rob. Oh, a pink panther wafer. A pink panther wafer. Yeah. Good. You're the first taker, so you're creating work for me. I've got this very detailed infographic which I'll share with you later, and it places every every artist next to the biscuit of their choice. It's quite intricate, and you have actually created work for me with this new pink panther thing. So thanks for nothing, Rob. <laughs> well, listen. I, I, I'm just delighted to have had the opportunity to talk to you uh, and, and uh, be able to provide more of a story for the, for the, for the listenership because I, I, I sense big things to you and I really do hope that, that the momentum continues to grow and the trajectory continues because the three singles are brilliant so far and I wish you the best of luck and hopefully maybe next year when you've got an album or, or some more content under your belt we can maybe revisit this and see, see what's going on. Okay, thanks Dara. It's been a pleasure. Thank All the best, and, and uh, talk to you soon. I'll be in touch with all the details via via Lewis in the next uh, couple of days. Okay. Cheers. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Right then, that was Margot. That was them being interrupted during one of their rehearsals to chat with me to tell you more about the imaginations of the band itself. Hope you enjoy that. They are a wonderful outfit, and uh, I expect massive things from them. And for three singles thus far are anything to go by, uh, I would be betting if I was a betting man. Let's hear the last of the three songs. Their second single, the one in the middle of the two that we've heard so far. Here's 26.
the third and final song we're going to hear by them because it's all they have we look forward of course to, to more material by Margot hope you enjoyed the interview I hope you enjoyed the interview too with Sam Holmes you were treated to two wonderful interviews with two wonderful acts and you heard three songs each that are all just equally as magnificent and you're also uh, blessed at uh, being the recipient of a whole load of magic biscuits and news that I can tell you and remind you once more that this programme was brought to you by Night Flight Sam Holmes and The Matchmaker, plus by Margot's Alex, Albie, Ben, Michael and Rob and the Garibaldi, Rich T, Bourbon, Milk Chocolate Hobnob and Pink Panther Wafer, respectively. And it's the time of the programme at the end when I make my sort of weekly grovel to you, the listener, the people who give me your valuable time on a weekly basis to listen to this programme that I cobble together on the Sabbath every week. If you could recommend the programme to just one music aficionado, someone with as, uh, as good a taste, as impeccable a taste as yourself, I'd be very, very grateful because the more listeners, the better. And um, also you were treated this week too to two obligatory fall hours. It was kind of a unique show this week. Fairly chuffed with it. Hope you are too. Back next week. Ta-ra. <laughs>